Kat was telling me she's been working her way through Obama's book. Oh yeah. And, uh, he makes a star, he makes a star Trek reference. So, uh, <laughs> are you telling me I need reach to reach out to it? Obama? Yeah. Do I need to reach out to <laughs> Barack Obama and see if he wants to come on the podcast? <laughs> you can try. <laughs> yeah. Why the hell not? Like I've messaged a few people, <laughs> messaged a few people about coming on, but it's okay. Just throw it out there. See what happens. I guess worst case scenario is I don't get a response. <laughs> yeah. If that's all they got, then that's fine. Sure. Cause even if I got a thanks, but no thanks, I would totally screenshot it, blow it up, have it framed. <laughs> <laughs> Might even put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> That'd be our first t-shirt is the declined offer from president Obama. <laughs> Sorry. I poured my beer. No, hey, that's okay. I uh, got one myself. I got a Coors Light because for some reason watching these guys watch their game, it looked like they were drinking Coors Light and eating like Chex Mix or something. I was like, man, that sounds pretty good for some reason. I don't know. What, <laughs> They're eating uh, like pretzels or something. What episode did you watch? Voxola. Where they um, or, get tangled up in the in the snot? Yeah. Okay. Before that, I don't Tucker remember that and episode. Arsh- is it that is that not what we're supposed to watch? No, I no, I just the scene that no, you watched the correct thing. I just oh, okay. don't remember that scene in that episode. Was it's, that in that episode? Yeah, because Tucker and Archer are watching water polo and they're eating snacks when they get the word that there's an organism in the uh cargo bay. And oh, they go down okay. there and they get captured with the crewmen. Yep, you're right. Yeah, it's weird because they've got that cold open of the Cretassins leaving the ship and then stuff sort of goes back to normal for a little while. And then, and then she <laughs> hits the fan. Yeah. They're watching a uh, water, water polo and yeah. drinking Coors Light. Cause of course, Archer's favorite sport is water polo. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's like his jam. Yeah. <laughs> that feels right. Kirk's all about like tossing people in the gym right picard's all about like horseback riding yeah cisco's about baseball janeway's about like period drama in the in the holodeck yeah they've all got hobbies just i don't know water polo just seems like i don't know it's just like a weird like okay i guess yeah there there that is yeah archer loves water polo it's a unique choice for sure I wonder if that was character input by Bacula. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just, just, what will make my captain stand out? Uh, yeah. Is, <laughs> I, have the, I have this great idea. Yeah. I was trying to, I was trying to say it. It is what will make my captain stand out is water polo. <laughs> It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, thanks. He's, thanks. He's got, I just decided that, to work on that. <laughs> yeah, he's got that real nondescript, like Midwestern accent where it's its own thing, but at the same time, it's nothing. Yeah. He doesn't have any immediate quirks that stand out or anything. He doesn't have that Southern charm thing working for him, like trip. <laughs> yeah. he. Uh, I'll put some air quotes around working for him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, good old trip. Fun. All right, you ready to get started? I'm ready. I'm starting. Let's do. We this started, thing. baby. We in. <laughs> We're already there. <laughs> yeah, you already hit record. Don't think I don't know. That thing tells me. 
Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is, yeah. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up. Resistance is futile. They're long and prosperous. And welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian, Mr. Todd A. Davis. A man who definitely knows the difference between yogurt and bodily fluids. It's Mr. Gary Horn! Yay! Yay! That's not true, though. That's not true. It's called (laughs) Midia Mix-Up at breakfast time. (laughs) is that the prank you consistently play on your wife on myself (laughs) (laughs) oh got me again (laughs) i just have two very nondescript cups with lids on them in the fridge and i just like mix them around and i'm like you just shuffle them on the table what are we eating today oh here we go (laughs) Protein either way. Oh, man. (laughs) So it sounds like from our discussion thus far that you're liking Enterprise more and more as you go along. Safe to say? There's a part of me that doesn't want to admit this, but it's growing on me. I'm starting to finally get used to the characters and I'm with them. They've got some likable people. There's still some questionable things going on, but... uh, there's not an episode that goes by where I don't spend at least the next 24 to 48 hours going, it's been a long road <laughs> getting from there to here. <laughs> and I just sing it all day long. <laughs> so even that song, oddly enough, I think is growing on me where it's just become kind of comforting. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I hate this. I hate this so much, but that, that there it is. guitar riff at the beginning just... <laughs> it's fun it's a fun series and it's kind of like i mean for us kids growing up on next gen we kind of go back and look at the original series and go like oh man how did they ever survive without being able to get to warp nine or without data or without you know any of that other stuff well now that we're older and fans of the entire franchise we look at enterprise and go man, how do they make it only with warp four? Like no food replicators, you know, tensions stressed between them and the Vulcans, like flocks um, just attaching leeches to people. (laughs) What you're saying is exactly what I think people like jumped into enterprise to do or what was exciting about enterprise. But it's interesting. I was actually researching this episode because it hit me that Fred Decker is a writer on this episode and and we must have talked about him or either I missed the episodes. I don't know. It just stood out to me because Fred Decker did like Monster Squad. Uh, If you listen to us on Cinema Shock, we just did a whole series on Shane Black. Like Fred Decker was Shane Black's roommate. They were real close friends and Fred Decker ended up working with Shane Black on some stuff. 
but yeah, Monster Squad and uh, RoboCop Three. I think he wrote, he wrote directed and uh, oh yeah. <laughs> I think I think that is why he's on TV here. And, uh, it's probably yeah, of that movie. And so he's like relegated to uh, just television writing. Uh, you know, not to diss television writers, but no, he's got he, a little uh, sci-fi juice on his side be it successful or not <laughs> is, up right. for de- is up for debate. The reason I bring him up is because I found a quote from him about working on Star Trek. And Ooh. he was saying he was apparently on this season. He did like three or four episodes or whatever that he left. And they asked him in this interview, like what, how, how did you like working on enterprise? And he said, I have the quote here. He says, uh, for ironic question, because I feel the show was too beholden to Star Trek history. A key reason that I wanted to be involved was to tell stories pre-Kirk, pre-Picard, pre-everything we know about Trek canon. I thought it would be a great opportunity to start with a totally clean slate, do a show about the first space explorers with warp drive capability. What would be out there? What life forms would we encounter? Unfortunately, apart from one episode, Fight or Flight, I feel like the first season quickly devolved into rehashing all the stuff we'd already seen. Look, there's more Vulcans. Hey, it's the Andorians. Oh no, the Ferengi. Yawn. But the cast and crew and my fellow writers are all fantastic. But uh, wow, that's, yeah, that was his take okay. on uh, mm-hmm. Enterprise. I mean, he's got more of the inside track than we do, but like from a fan's perspective, I don't know that I feel that way about the show. Do you? Um, not so far. I mean, obviously there are the ones with like the Andorians, but by the way, that was possibly the best episode this season, that Andorian incident episode. Yeah. And Star Trek's still going to be a Star Trek at the end of the day that you're finding new life and new civilizations. I mean, this episode we're talking about today was a brand new species that we haven't seen and Mm -hmm. a unique situation. It felt like a classic Star Trek episode, you know, basically like just figure out what this thing is that's bothering us and let's get over this hurdle and, you know, you can return it to its home world. It's kind of a, a nothing episode at the end of the day, you know, as far as, the whole scheme of the Star Trek universe, but it's kind of classic in that way too, because that was, that's how a lot of the OG stuff is. It's just episodic. Uh, here's a new creature you haven't seen before. What's its deal? Right, right. It's, you know, there's a problem. Hoshi solves it. And then we check out the hook while the universal translator resolves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. uh, that, was, that was clever. My favorite part was definitely Hoshi. Uh, I have, constantly been a fan every time i've appeared on the show about of hoshi and telling you about how much of a crush i have on her and she (laughs) this episode thankfully very much revolved around her and so i was was happy to see that we got a lot of hoshi oh yeah and there's i mean we are dangerously close to the end of season one and uh there's more of hoshi to come before the uh before this is all said and done so i hope you uh keep tuning in uh and keep uh keep appraised of the show gary because i think there's some stuff coming up that you're really going to enjoy well uh, never mind i was going to make a joke about nude scenes but you know you're not far off oh wow okay well (laughs) i don't want to let the cat out of the bag but like (laughs) keep watching enterprise well goodness yeah if you're a fan of hoshi stick around (laughs) star trek after dark exactly (laughs) computer resume podcast that's what they should have done star trek nights it's always night in space (laughs) seek out sexy new life forms (laughs) oh my god just archer in a zoot suit and like just 
gold chains and <laughs> oh my god all right well uh that being said uh we've beaten around the bush let's get right into it let's get to this week's recap spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert wednesday on an all-new enterprise there's some kind of life form in here something's got a hold of the ship we need to neutralize it quickly weapons to stop and it won't let <laughs> go captain <laughs> All-new Enterprise. The Enterprise crew have apparently pissed off a species called the Cretacens. They're like, you've disappointed us for the last time. And Archer's like, when did we disappoint you before? And they're like, this is the first time you've disappointed us for the last time. Travis is like, so we'll disappoint you again? And they're like, this time will be the first and last time you've disappointed us for the last time. And T'Pol's like, Logically, as we had no intention of offending you, there's a mathematical probability that we might offend you again. And the Cretacens say, after this time, there will be no other time you've disappointed us for the last time, for the last time. As the Cretacens leave, a clear amoeba-like entity moves from their ship to Enterprise. It kind of looks like, how do I say this tactfully? Oh, I know. Crewman Rostov and Kelly are both trapped in a cargo hold by the in my pants. which has now grown tendrils. Archer, Trip, Reed, and another crewman go to investigate and are all caught by the in my pants. as well. Except Reed, who escapes through the door but severs one of the tendrils in the process. Travis suggests catching up with the Cretacens to ask about the in my pants. Meanwhile, Doc Flox examines the he determines that those entrapped are becoming symbiotically linked together through the in my pants. Hoshi wants to communicate with it. Yeah, of course you do. But T'Pol decides to neutralize it instead. <laughs> Enterprise catches up with the Cretacens and Travis asks if they can help. And they're like, we'll tell you the location of the entity's home world, but only after you apologize. And Travis is like, I'm sorry? And they're like, like you mean it. I'm very sorry? True. True. Reed assembles experimental force field emitters which protect them from the entity's tendrils. Hoshi uses the universal translator to modulate a frequency that the in my pants. can understand. It responds, the crew is released, and they take the being back to its home world. As the space bus is leaving, it's revealed that the entire area is covered by the in my pants. You know, bowl of snot. So, Gary, this we talked a little bit about this being sort of a Hoshi-centered episode, uh, but we actually see her really delving into her role as the comms officer and really having to... I mean, the entity isn't really speaking on normal sort of conjugated verbs, standard vernacular. They actually have to integrate some math and some really weird frequencies. You've worked with some unique individuals and opportunities on the phone. Did you ever have anything where <laughs> you just couldn't get across to somebody, you're talking to them in what you think is the most plain, simple English? You've also waited tables. Have you ever had that happen where you're just, I can't break this down any easier for you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think anybody who's done customer service for anything <laughs> has had, had that problem. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Any instances you care to share? Well, no, I just I just know that like literally last week I was on the phone with someone 
and it was like click here click there and then double click on this thing and they're like but where is that and it's like well <laughs> click on this thing and then click on this thing and there it is double click on it I can't find it. And you're like, I don't know how to tell you this in any other way. Like there's, there's no other way. Like if we can't get through this, we're not going to survive as a species. (laughs) You've also here recently uh, been involved with the NWA and having to speak to some fairly, I'll just go ahead and use the umbrella term larger than life figures. Have you ended up stumbling over your own words in any sort of fun (laughs) and interesting ways that you're allowed to share with us? (laughs) Just the basic stuff. I mean, I I definitely have stumbled over my own words. Sarita Deeb, who's one of the uh, best women's wrestlers in the world right now, I was trying to tell her how much I enjoyed her uh, wrestling. And so, like, we're trying to get set up to do a shot with her. And uh, I was just like, I am enjoying you. Uh, not, uh, you know, like just trying to tell her like, uh, I mean, your work, I enjoy your work. You're good at wrestling. And anyway, let's just do this thing. And, you know, it's very <laughs> awkward. Uh, so, oh. but luckily everybody's kind of cool about it too. Cause I definitely had another Kylie Ray was another one of the female wrestlers and we went for the high five or I was doing the fist bump. She was doing the high five and, uh, then we both switched at the same time. And so there's like those awkward moments and you're, <laughs> Oh, I, I don't know why it's always the women. Maybe it just, I'm just nervous around ladies. I don't know, but I met Mickey James for the first time. Who's a legend of the business. And oh, uh, she was one of my favorites. Yeah. And she kind of walked in the room and there, she, there she sat. And I was just like, well, first of all, huge fan. Uh, you were one of the greatest wrestlers ever. And she's like, Oh my God, stop. Hello. And she started doing this wiggly thing with her fingers at me. <laughs> and I don't, and it, it's, it's probably hard to like hear and understand, but I'm doing it for Todd. And she's like, Oh, stop. Hello. <laughs> and then I was like, is she reaching for me? Am I supposed to? And then I just started doing it back. And I was like, no, seriously, you're really great. And she's like, you're so sweet. And I'm like, and I finally was just like, am I supposed to take your hands or what are we doing? with each other right now she's like i don't even know (laughs) i'm like are we doing like spells like we're casting spells (laughs) she's like maybe (laughs) but luckily generally when you when you get over that hump and you just acknowledge the awkwardness of it then everybody's kind of cool and loosen up cool (laughs) you recently told this it's probably going to end up being cut from the episode but you mentioned to me and justin about when you first got there having some communication with a particular individual that kind of uh, took you by surprise that that was happening oh yeah yeah i mean that was that was uh mr corgan and uh is that what you're talking about like he yeah. was dragging me off to the ring and like t- showing me his camera and just like yeah just <laughs> could shoot this and fuck i mean <laughs> shoot all this. <laughs> like just you know and you're and it's just like very I don't know. He, he he has no nervousness. Like he does not give a damn. Like he, I don't know how much we curse on the show, but he's just like saying whatever he wants, however he wants. And he's very just matter of fact. And and at certain points I'm talking and I have to like pause for a second, be like, I'm standing here with Billy Corgan and I'm by a wrestling ring. This is all weird. Why am I here? Like what's <laughs> happening? You know, it's just, it's just one of those scenarios. Like how did I end up here? Much like Archer probably felt when he's covered in semen uh, stuck to a wall, you know, like he's just, <laughs> I would have loved, cause you, you know, the crew 
and cast have to have a good sense of humor about this stuff. They absolutely have to. So I would love to have heard the top 10 jokes made during the production of this episode. There was 100%. So I, I know that I read a description. I couldn't find it myself, but Roxanne Dawson, uh, who's the director on this one. Yeah, I read like apparently on the Blu-ray, there's some special features or something. And there was like a behind the scenes for this one. And uh, she played uh, Belana Torres on Voyager. And yep. uh, yeah, so that was cool. But she she calls it the Linguini monster. But uh, in the article I was reading, it said definitely every time she kind of talked about it, there was like, there were giggles. Like, they know that there was, they, they're obviously behind the scenes, not on the record. There are, there were the jokes. <laughs> they knew what was going on there. So, I, you know, Linguini monsters, uh, that's good. That's good. And, and it does, it does kind of look like that a little bit, but also it looks like, mm, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, well, it'll be interesting to see if in further seasons, Archer and uh, Trip end up pregnant or something. And then... <laughs> Trip's already had one baby inside of him. <laughs> if this, if it, if it happens again, you know, he's got to be like, you know what? Just give me a, an escape pod. Give me a shuttle. I am going home. <laughs> I am done getting pregnant on this voyage. <laughs> this is too much. This <laughs> Oh my God. Are there any nipples? No. Can you see any nipples? Doc, do I have any more nipples? God. <laughs> they, man, I don't know. God bless Hoshi and Paul for uh, sorting it out and uh, getting. I wonder, uh, you know, I don't know if you've seen the rest of Enterprise, maybe you know, but it, I did get a sense that Tapal and uh, Hoshi could be good friends after this. Like they could be like buddy cop kind of thing or something. Like there, there could be fun to have. That would be a really cool. And I think I mentioned this when we covered shuttle pod one, where Trip and Reed get stuck in the shuttle pod and almost freeze to death. What other pairings from this current crew would be interesting to see? And I think T'Pol and Hoshi would be one of them because, and the, the reason I mentioned that is because even though she's the sub commander, she's not part of Starfleet. So technically Hoshi outranks her. And yeah. that would well that would be really interesting to see because Hoshi's got rank, T'Pol's got logic and science. I, I think well, it would be I think it would be a really interesting interaction to to watch. And there's a couple well, of she, other ones, I think, too. She says in this episode, though, T'Pol does that she's first officer. So that's that's see, I don't remember that happening before, but Trip ha Trip has the three pips. Yeah. So I, I always assumed I know, he was he's first officer. That's what I thought, but she, I, I, it stood out to me on this one when they're talking in that room, like going through the language. She says something about as first officer, I am blah 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 or something, or, or was she talking about how it's her duty to follow up on the stuff Hoshi's doing and mm. uh, read up on her logs and all of that stuff? Like it's, uh, so I don't know. Like she That's says, it's her job. I don't know that that was ever a discussion between Trip and T'Pol, or I guess it would be Trip and Archer about Trip's been along with Archer for seemingly long before they launched. Right. And then for T'Pol to come in and basically swoop in and take the first officer's position. I don't know. I could understand how he would probably be a little upset about that and how <laughs> that would play out. I think that would be an interesting thing to, to see. Oh, that would just... That would just add to their uh, their tension. Yeah, that sexual tension between the two of them. Mm -hmm. That plays well into it. That's fine. Yeah. So 
let's discuss a little bit more Archer's fascination with water polo. Have you ever played? Have you ever played water polo? <laughs> uh, no, no, I've never played water polo, nor have I seen water polo on television. Like, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure it's somewhere, but it's never been a thing that I've sought out or stopped on if I've passed it or anything like that. No disrespect to you water polo players out there. I know you're into Star Trek podcasts. Uh, so there's a big crossover audience. Big <laughs> crossover. That Venn diagram is practically one circle there, Gary. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> so crazy to think just how those two go hand in hand. But <laughs> it, uh, I, yeah, man, I don't know. I've never, it's just such a weird thing. But I, I guess uh, well, you, all the you, sports still exist. He, Tripper efforts is football, I think. So yeah, it's uh, so all the stuff's there. When he describes why he's so fascinated with water polo you for a second you're like oh okay i hadn't considered that they can't touch the bottom so they're having to constantly tread water just to stay above and to breathe that's yeah. hard enough let alone trying to essentially play this combination of basketball and soccer right and uh yeah it's wild i remember growing up i went to a school here in town that actually had an indoor pool and for phys ed class, we all got to go swim in the pool and uh, they had the nets up and they would toss a ball in and be like, here you go for water polo. And we would all just go, I don't know how to play water polo. Do you? <laughs> yeah, Nobody knows what water polo is. Nobody knows what this is. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, hearing Archer describe it, you kind of get it like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. It's kind of like when I discovered the Monaco Grand Prix. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go watch the opening scene from Iron Man 2. That's the race that I'm talking about where the Formula One cars are racing around a city. That's that's the race. That's actually a real race. And it's kind of cool because rather than like some other types of racing going in a circle with the same car as the person next to you, you're actually in the equivalent of a jet fighter and you're not allowed to refuel. So, and you're on real city streets and that kind of makes it cool. And it's really short. It's kind of a cross between big track racing and drag racing. Cause you're not going for that long, but you are calling butt. <laughs> and it's kind of, that's like the one race a year I'll actually seek out and watch. Cause again, it's real short and it's kind of fascinating because those cars are really cool and really fast. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm it may sound like I'm dissing water polo. I just don't know anything about it. And so it's one of those obscure listen, man, we just talked about I I'm into professional wrestling. So what what yeah. leverage do I have in this conversation? So <laughs> no, I'm sure that there are things that are intriguing about it. It's just I don't know, it just sounds so random. But I suppose if Archer had been really into pro wrestling, I'd have thought that was cool, but most people would be like, What? <laughs> like, why is why is Archer really into pro wrestling? Like to the uh, later era WWE. Don't you don't you think it's about time that we've had a, that we have a captain who's into pro wrestling? I think it should happen uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, at least at least a uh, security officer or something that is regularly just propped up at a station watching you know wrestling. You you know that Bajoran the Bajoran uh, security officer from Lower Decks is definitely into pro wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, I could see like Worf <laughs> being into it. Like yes. he'd be like really into oh. pro wrestling. And, uh, <laughs> if anybody else needs further convincing how cool Gary and I are, we are also in a fantasy football league together. 
happened. Yeah, yeah. So that's how good we are at sports ball talk. We we like to fantasize about being athletes. So <laughs> did that's you kind ever, of our lot in life. You're a pretty big guy. Did you ever did you play sports in school? Very briefly, I played some football, but that's oh, okay. That's it. That's the only thing I ever did. I was going to say because you're really tall too. It wouldn't surprise me if you'd be like, yeah, I played some basketball as well. No, baseball. No, bas- I bet maybe, I bet you're a powerhouse behind the plate. Maybe. I, I'll be honest with you. I was kind of scared of baseball. Like I was really? worried about that, that ball just smacking me in the face. So yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. you know, I've played, but uh, mostly just with friends, you know, just like backyard baseball and stuff like that. For but, sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, yeah, I played a little football. Uh, I guess it was my junior and senior year. I uh, played, I played football. I was a defensive lineman, which, all that should tell you about I'm <laughs> I was a 190 pound defensive line. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it just it just tells you I knew nothing about football. <laughs> and they put me in the one position where <laughs> I was a I was a I was a nose guard. And so yeah. that means you're right in front of the ball on the defensive side. So you're either going straight, left, or right. That's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot of ways for todd to mess this up yep yep let's put this star trek dummy on the line <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh it'll either go forward or be paralyzed one or the other <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> and i was dangerously close to the latter a few times <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh wow so let's get into some of the stats uh we talked a little bit about the director of this episode, Roxanne Dawson, whose last episode was a favorite here on the show, uh, season one, episode seven, The Andorian Incident. And uh, the story was penned again by Berman and Braga, who their last episode was the last one we just covered, Detained. That's season one, episode 21. And Fred Decker also did the story and the teleplay. The last thing he worked on for this show was season one, episode 14, Sleeping Dogs. Guest starring in this episode, Joseph Will as crewman Michael Rostov. His resume is a little sparse, but he's got some decent credits on there. The big thing is his third gig of his career was two episodes on Voyager. That's pretty sweet. Oh, I was reading somewhere that he apparently in one of those episodes of Voyager, and I'd have to go back and watch it, but has a pretty significant long episode where he's with Roxanne Dawson as Belana Torres. And ah. so th- they must have bonded a little bit or something. And she sure uses him here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen over the course of, you know, 20 episodes now of this podcast that a lot of the guest stars popping up, guest stars and directors uh, have at least one episode of Quantum Leap. So, you know, Bacula is pulling some strings, but you got to figure there's other people on that set with juice too. And they're going to pull their friends. You know, I look how many episodes of this podcast have either featured Gary, Justin, or my wife. (laughs) Right. And then outside of that, JP and Ren, like (laughs) the people in my closest circles are on the show the most. That's kind of how it goes. But uh, yeah, this show is no different. You pull uh, from the people that you want to see succeed and that you want to give work to, you know, when you get the opportunity to sit in the director's chair, you want to bring your friends. I get it. Right. So the last person that we'll mention is a young woman named Renee Elise Goldsberry as crewman Kelly. Does the name ring a bell, Gary? Hmm. 
That sounds a little familiar, but I'm not sure. She's done uh, some TV stuff. She's had some smaller roles in some films, uh, including Sisters with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. She's also done some TV work. She's done a few episodes, uh, that 80s show, and of course, this episode of Enterprise, Life on Mars, Law and Order SVU. She did an episode of Documentary Now, which is hilarious. And uh, she's also slated to be on the upcoming She-Hulk series for Marvel. But most people are probably going to know her from her role in Hamilton as Angelica. There she is. Yep. uh... She was Angelica from 2015 to 2016, where she won five awards, including a Tony and a Grammy. So (laughs) that's pretty impressive. That's so weird. I did not notice her. Yeah. She's got a very distinct, like, face too I mean, mm-hmm. I mean that in a nice way like she just she's a very pretty lady but she's i feel like i should have known that i should have said like oh hamilton yeah but, uh, <laughs> yeah as popular as hamilton is now yeah I, I didn't catch it until i was doing the research for this episode too i was just like oh yeah she's angelica from hamilton holy crap that's awesome it is you have anything uh any uh parting thoughts about the episode gary um i did look up some stats myself that well we didn't mention a uh, von armstrong who plays the uh Cretacean captain oh yeah he is uh also plays the character named admiral forrest apparently in this series yeah uh, archer's boss yeah he's apparently been in 27 star trek episodes in 12 different roles that's impressive he- like i think jeffrey combs has more episodes but i don't know that he's played more characters Star Trek Magazine's Ultimate Guide rated this episode four out of five and uh, named it the fourth best episode of the first season of Enterprise. That's just a fun fact for you. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> solid. And then there was, uh, like, when you go into those Star Trek websites, of which there are many. Yes, um, there are many. <laughs> recommended episodes for characters. Hoshi, her biggest recommended ones are this one and Fight or Flight. Uh, it was, like, her biggest episode. So yeah you know that you have to check out so i guess that's just kind of defining her as a character or something but yeah linda park really gets a chance to sort of show that range and cut into some deep emotional veins there especially with her back and forth with to paul regarding her performance on the ship it's interesting to watch because i mean getting into an argument with anybody else on the ship you feel like i might be able to win this but with someone whose existence is solely based on logic Good luck. <laughs> you got your work yeah. cut out for you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, she hangs right there with Jolene Blalock playing to Paul. And they, and again, their chemistry together is great. And yeah, I'd absolutely watch a quote unquote buddy cop film with the two. Right. I think it'd be really cool. Hoshi from the beginning. Part of the reason I loved her so much was that she kind of represents that stuff we talked about up, up top, like with the opportunities you have with Star Trek, like the fact that the language barrier is going to be there and like figuring your way around these things. Like hers is like, she's the first, like she's, she's the one out there, like actually making the, you know, the translator basically yeah. like work, you know, it, a so, lot of what they do hinges on how well Hoshi does her job. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which weirdly enough is for some reason, Mayweather is uh, he's the one in there talking to the uh, Cretacean captain i was like yeah I, I was like did somebody give him permission to do this why is this guy doing this <laughs> like, like, he's like isn't he normally in like engineering and stuff like i'm like why is yeah he? 
let's put the pilot up there go for it travis (laughs) but you know what like that's just a a brief little scene there you get to see anthony montgomery sort of flex his acting muscles he got it's he's got some chops and he kind of brings you into like yes i want to repair these diplomatic riffs that have occurred because of something we don't know what we did (laughs) and to top it off i have to do it to save my friends Yeah. To save to save my captain. Like I've got to be able to do this and I feel like he does a really great job of getting that across and it's it's really fun to watch. I I mean, I think I've already mentioned before Travis Mayweather probably my favorite character of this series. That little scene is just a glimpse of stuff to come later in the show. I'm excited. <laughs> I expect to see more out of him and uh you know props to him for figuring out what it means to say you eat like you mate, uh, which I believe is like the first thing I ever said to you, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) Very weird. Yeah. Yeah. It all (laughs) comes back around. (laughs) (laughs) Well, folks, next week, my good friend, comedian and therapist, Queen Momo is coming on for a double header. That's right. We're doing enterprise season one, episodes 23 and 24 fallen hero and Desert Crossing. And of course, both of those episodes are available on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and of course on Paramount Plus. Gary. Yes. Tell people about Cinema Shock. Uh, Cinema Shock's our movie podcast. We talk about all sorts of movie stuff. And so this, uh, as this is airing, we're in the middle of a series on. <laughs> just forgot his <laughs> name. Oliver. Uh... <laughs> Paul yeah, Paul Paul Verhoeven. And so that guy, Dutch, Dutch, I believe. And yeah, God, I'm terrible at this. I'm terrible at this was yesterday. We talked about this yesterday, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so uh we, we just recorded a first episode yesterday. Um, that series. We're going into Robocop and Total yeah. Recall and all of his fantastic movies. Anyway, Paul Verhoeven, excellent filmmaker. He's got a lot of cool stuff. If you're a fan of this show, you probably would be a fan of a lot of his movies he gets into. Even though I don't think he set out this way, he he has tackled a lot of sci-fi subject matter. So uh, he's a lot of fun. But uh, you can find Cinema Shock at Cinema underscore Shock on all the social medias. And uh, check us out. We're available wherever podcasts are. I have a wrestling podcast. If you're interested in wrestling, you don't know anything about wrestling. We actually do a history of pro wrestling series and it's uh, at TIPW show on everything. And uh, this is pro wrestling on YouTube and on uh, wherever podcasts are at. And I bet this is Gary Horde. If you just want to talk to me and tell me how much you hate every project that I'm involved with. And I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all of the socials from all of us at the computer resume podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in 10 forward.
Feel free to send us your subspace transmissions to computerresumepodcast at gmail.com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was designed by Will Martin and Justin Bishop. The opening theme was produced by Justin Bishop. Our outro music was provided with permission by Drone Node. Additional music was provided by Mr. Todd A. Davis and Gary Horn. And I'm Cat Davis at that.darn.cat with a K on Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We've probably got some phasers and shuttle pods, and we're going to find a brand new race. How's that for a slice of fried gold?